Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everybody here. Uh, trying to figure out, I guess, uh, you know, where we are here as far as um, uh, just kind of getting things together uh, here on Southern Sports Central. Pardon the delay here as we uh, try to get things together here this morning. It's a wet, soggy Monday morning, the 23rd day of December uh, here on Southern Sports Central. I'm Rich. I'm alongside Will Porter here as we will uh, bring you two solid hours of everything that's happening in the world of sports. What's going on? Uh, where we stand uh, as far as uh, from the weekend that was here in uh, sports. Uh, We'll talk high school football here in hour number one. That's, of course, uh, one of the things that we're going to get into this morning. 
Um, of course, uh, there was the Shrine Bowl that happened on Saturday. Uh, we got that going on. And, of course, uh, the realignment. It did come out last week. We got into it a little bit, but didn't get into it deep. Uh, as uh, Will and I will kind of look at it low country style-wise. Uh, we, we're going to talk some of the key points of uh, some of the teams that are going up, only a team going down, or a handful of teams that are moving around. Uh, we'll talk about that. And uh, what does it mean for 5A? Even though even though nobody in 5A minus, well, I guess one team's going down. But for the most part, in Region 8 and Region 7, it stays basically the same uh, in Region 8. But I think it is Region 7 that does take uh, a minus toll. But it's going to be kind of an interesting deal there. Now, also we'll talk a little bit about some of the coaching openings uh, that are coming up here now. James Island, West Ashley, Ashley Ridge, and Hanahan all have openings going in to the holiday season. And what coach – may get a present uh, this uh, coming season to take over, I would say, uh, four really good programs, four opportunities here on uh, this uh, upcoming 2020 season. Also, in hour number one, we'll get into college football. It has been a very interesting conversation here uh, on the uh, worldwide conversation of where we stand on bowl season. Now, it is up and running. It started on Friday. Had a couple of games Friday night. Had a handful of games on Saturday. The boys don't play on Sunday. But they will play again tonight and throughout the remainder of uh, the bowl season. And uh, that being said, uh, both Clemson and the Ohio State Buckeyes have made it to their destination, as well as Oklahoma and LSU. They've made it to their destination. So uh, the four major teams that everybody's going to keep their eye on for the remainder of the time here, uh, they're there. They'll start their practicing today. They'll get ready, and uh, they'll be ready to play, I believe, it's this Saturday. So uh, a lot to cover, a lot to get into today. The NFL has also made it to the menu now. With high school slowing down, the NFL picks up. Now, that being said, uh, we'll talk about the winners and losers from yesterday and on Saturday. So Saturday had a, a, a crazy schedule. We had high school, college, and NFL all in the same day. Some teams were knocked out of contention. Some made a little bit more push to make it towards in to the playoffs. And that's all but said and done. We're just yet to crown some division champions and to kind of solidify the wild card position. We'll get into that here. Uh, most of that's going to be an hour number two, by the way. Uh, we will say uh, congratulations to the Gamecocks. They won yesterday. We may get a little bit into that today as well. South Carolina, the basketball team, travels to Virginia yesterday. They pick up a big-time road win. Now, South Carolina – uh, not much to talk about football, but basketball seems like maybe, just maybe, they've got some good things going. They have a few hiccups on their schedule early that they lost, but to win on the road at Virginia against ACC foe, that's that's pretty big, very impressive. A number nine team in the country that they took down in Virginia. How cool is that? Uh, also, Debo Samuels. How about this, uh, Debo? He gets on a list uh, with Jerry Rice as a fresh as a rookie. It's the 49ers, so he has uh, done his due diligence over in San Francisco. He's been quite the delight over there for the uh, 49ers, and uh, so yesterday a pretty good day for the Gamecocks. They get uh, a couple of, uh, you know, uh, big headlines all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast. So uh, today is very open. As I mentioned, this is Open Mic Monday here on uh, Southern Sports Central where we talk a lot about uh, what's going on around. We want to hear from you today. How did your teams do over the weekend, high school, college, or even the pros? Again, we'll open up the show for you here uh, throughout the show. Will and I, of course, are going to 
lock it up and do our thing here this morning and try to get you up to date and uh, kind of cover everything. But what we'll do first, coming out of break, we will head into the Shrine Bowl that happened on Saturday. It was South Carolina taking out North Carolina, first time since 2014. The Sand Lappers take down the Tar Heels. And, uh, well, very impressive defensive front. I'll kind of get into some. I'm not sure how much Will was able to get into because I mean, he had a full docket outside of the household, so he wasn't able to probably catch as much as I did. But if you watched it, if you played in it, if uh, you coached it uh, or whatever, you got an opinion about it, call in, and let's talk about it coming up next. The number to call in throughout today's show, it's easy. Here it is, 323-784-9681. So, again, the number is 323-784-9681. Call in, hang out. Let's talk about this big game that happened over the weekend over in Wofford College. All right. So, we'll be right back. This is Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Come here live on Southern Sports Central. It's that time now to call in, hang out with us. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's happening here uh, in the world of the Shrine Bowl. That's right. The Shriners do it once again, a five-star production that they put together up there in the state of South Carolina, bringing in the state of North Carolina all as one uh, for the week. Uh, They do travel over uh, to the Shriners Hospital. Uh, The memories are made. uh, The pictures are taken, and, and things are good. 
uh, when it comes down to that. And, and to me, you know, we had a lot of guys in here, uh, you know, not just on the air, but we had a handful of guys that I talked to off the air uh, here locally and abroad. And, and the one thing that they said, you know, they said, you know, I enjoy the game of football, but man, did I really enjoy the opportunity to go to this hospital and put some smiles on some people's faces, make some new friends, and uh, to have that, 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 that memory that they're always going to remember. You know, there's so many things that, that, that they'll remember in this week. This was, of course, uh, a very shortened week. They have to get to know each other. They got to play together, to practice together. I mean, there were storylines of, uh, of people playing positions that they normally don't. Adam McCann was one of those guys from Somerville. Usually he plays down the line. He doesn't play center, but they needed a center. So the big 70 throws himself in the middle of the field, and he uh, snapped it like nobody else's business. Uh, he was not the long snapper. He wasn't the special team snapper. He just was, you know, right behind the well, in front of the QB during the entire game. He was one of a few that played the entire game, by the way. Uh, but I thought Adam did a really good job. Mr. Ware, who came on the show Monday defensively, uh, very well. Mason Garcia. How about this? This kid did a really good job. We're going to get you some stats here in just a few. I'll bring in, uh, of course, uh, Will here in a minute. But um, it, it was an impressive deal. It really was. I, I thought ultimately, um, you know, when you look around and you kind of put things together, uh, they, they did a great job. You know, they've got some new people in different faces and places and all that. Uh, that they kind of moved some things. The uniforms looked, I thought, really good. That's one of many things that I kind of look at a lot of different things here. It's not just the factor of the game. They snap the ball, they throw the ball, even though that is the way it works itself out. Um, you know, it, it to me was a, a really, really good game. And when you start to kind of put things into it, it and it is not as c- cut and dry as some would think. I mean, the final course, 28-17, the South wins, uh, you know, uh, over North Carolina at least. Uh, here's how it goes, though. They've got 88 kids that get to play on this thing, so that's 44 athletes on each team. Now, do the math. 1,550 schools they, get to cho- they have to choose from to put on this team. 981 high schools in the state of North Carolina, 469 schools in the state of South Carolina, and that's how many you have to go from to minimize, yet maximize your opportunity uh, and, and so for you kids who didn't make the Shrine Bowl, put that in perspective. I'll bring you in, Will, and uh, again, I don't know how much you got a chance to watch all 3,723 that were in attendance for this game. Um, but, man, it was a, a really good defensive game, I thought, for the uh, for the state of South Carolina. They really remind me a lot of uh, Coach Selfa's defense a couple of years ago where it was shut down. Uh, they didn't give a lot. They really didn't. There was a lot of tip drills that the, the guys got to the ball where they needed to. Uh, and then offensively, I, I thought South Carolina played really well running the ball towards the end, especially that last drive. It was like 88 yards or something like that that they ended up scoring there with Burns running back, getting in the end zone to score the final uh, seven points, six points, and, a, and an extra point. But, um, yeah, I, I really was impressed overall with the performance that was put together by the uh, Sand Lampers. Yeah, that's right. And uh, good morning out there to uh, everybody and, and to you as well, Richie. Uh, yeah, I didn't get the chance to be able to watch the game uh, much, but I was able to go online and be able to look at the stats that they posted after the game. It was on Twitter, so it was free to free to see for everybody. Uh, I was impressed with a lot of the, the number, the offensive numbers that uh, the receivers put up. Uh, I think that one of the big one of the big things that we're going to talk about and, and dive into was uh, our, our man, Jalen Hyatt, who 
if I remember correctly, it was uh, six six um, six targets for over 150 yards. Uh, that that is again, if I'm not mistaken, but just just an overall impressive um, offensive outing by uh, the South Carolina team and the way that they were able to handle their business against North Carolina. And then, like you said, on the defensive front, and again, I wasn't I wasn't around to be able to watch this game, but from what I'm hearing and what you've said that the defense really was able to uh, stop the, the Tar Heels and being able to minimize those, those attempts at scoring or those scoring efforts that they tried to implement in, in those drives. And I think that was one of the many keys uh, to success and factored into the, the win for the state of South Carolina. Yeah, it was big. Jalen Hyatt, like I mentioned, offensively the uh, player of the game there for the, uh, the South and uh, the state of South Carolina, at least six touches, uh, six catches, 197 yards, two touchdowns, as long as was 72 yards, uh, average about 32.8 um, as far as uh, catching receiving there. Uh, he really, I thought, looked good. And the job was easy. Just get it to him. Get him the ball. They used to say that a lot of times about A.J. Green. Uh, Brody Hopkins was another guy that you hear that about. Uh, just thinking about some of the guys that you hear this year, of course, uh, that you, he's your game plan. I mean, he, he's the guy who's going to make the difference. So he's got to touch the ball 14 to 16 times per half. And uh, I thought the uh, the offensive plan was really good. Uh, of course, uh, Calisardo, who's been on this show before, uh, he was heading to uh, Georgia State, did pretty good. He went four for eight in the first half, 84 yards, uh, touchdown, uh, and one interception there. He, uh, of course, uh, his rating was right at 154. Uh, but then he took an injury. He took an injury towards halftime, it looked like, and then came out in the third quarter and didn't see any more. That was it. Of course, uh, no need. It's an all-star game. No need to continue to push him through. Uh, he's got a greater reward going in as they all signed on Wednesday up there. He'll be heading to Georgia State, by the way. And then it was all Mason Garcia, man. The Mason Garcia show took off. Seven for 19, 153 yards, one touchdown. He did throw an interception. His rating was right at a 111. Uh, of course, uh, you, you looked and saw what he did. He was actually their second leading rusher was Garcia, the quarterback. And he had 12 touches, 60 yards, a touchdown, and his longest run was at 16. So uh, now their leading rusher was um, Rajah Harris, and that's the young man out of Burns, South Carolina. That is, yeah. Yeah, he's a big dude. 14 touches, 95 yards, a touchdown. His longest was 23. Uh, his most impressive was the final drive where, uh, man, they just couldn't stop the kid. Uh, but, of course, Mason. Now, Mason's heading to East Carolina, which I ran into his new teammate. It's going to be his one, his receiver. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that here. He got, he went to Somerville a couple of years ago. Now, he's uh, started at at, uh, at Furman and then has decided a couple of years ago, last year, he would transfer upwards to East Carolina. And uh, Cam Burnett is his name. Uh, he's a big dude for Furman. Now, he's a bigger dude for East Carolina. The kid's got great hands, and uh, he's told me in the weight room on Friday, said, you know, Coach Rich, I'm going to be honest with you, man. We know all about this kid. We're very excited about getting him in. I think we've got four or five guys that are playing in this bowl game, and he's exactly right. They had their signing day on Wednesday, and they all stood up there taking pictures together, and that was that was neat. And, uh, you know, even I talked to Adam yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was Saturday night. I talked to him on the way home. He called me on the phone, and, uh, 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 of course, Adam was the a lot of new best friends i've got a lot of new things that i can really look back at 
and uh, yeah, the game was a lot of fun, and it was really neat to win my last game as a as a high school athlete. And uh, you know, meeting these kids were really cool. He said, you know, but to really make all these new relationships, to make all these new relationships that that you're able to get into, it, it for him was a big deal. And you had to think all these kids from even the state of North Carolina. Great job for you guys as well, because uh, I know some kids from Olympic High School were in here as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, just. What what a battle it was, man! What a game it was. It was really cool, uh, and I think it's always cool. Again, in the Shrine Bowl, it, it is different because uh, you're you're there also to play the game of football, but you're there uh, making that connection there with the with the kids in in the hospital, and what they of course the the community outreach, and they they go uh, one of the days and they they spend their time with the kids and putting smile on the faces um, of those patients over there at the the Shriners Hospital uh, in the upstate of South Carolina, but. I, I tell you, it's interesting to me because, uh, cause, you know, uh, how the selection process goes for uh, a, a guy like, like Adam McKenna, who is who's an offensive um, line player, um, one of the ones on the interior in the trenches, and how they're able to uh, just uh, picking, picking some players just up and around the state, either on offense or, or on defense. And how they're able to make their selections uh, based off of uh, based off of statistics or merit or however that it, that it goes. And, and of course, this is me kind of uh, proposing that question. No doubt, uh, Adam McKenna deserves it, and and everybody that was selected, uh, they they are special in their own right. Uh, and it's, it's just out of curiosity to ask how how that uh, the uh, the elders. And and the selection committees, like, and I would say it's the same way of how they select the coaches as well uh, with with the committee. But yeah, kind of look with with what I'm uh, the question I ask. I just make sure I answer. It. So so and this is something the high athletes you need to listen to right now because there's going to be a combine, Shrine Bowl combine. You have got to go to that to make this Shrine Bowl. Ah, okay, okay. That's the first way they look at you. The second way they look at you, of course, is your numbers. It's kind of like going to college. You do a lot of work from your freshman to your junior year. You're either on the radar or you're not on the radar. Then they also utilize the coaches that they bring in. Well, they, they, they do a, there, there is a board. There is a committee that decides the coaches. There's tenure that goes involved. There's, uh, of course, I would imagine, I haven't confirmed, but I would imagine you have to have a little bit of a positive resume to get into this thing as well. So uh, with that all being said, what they'll do is, of course, uh, the committee will, will choose the coaches, and then the coaches will go through, and they'll look at the combine numbers. They'll go back and look at some of the things, and it looks like that they do a pretty good job of getting guys all around the state, from the upstate to the lower state and in the Midlands. They try to get guys at the 5A to the 1A. That covers all the questions of, well, you got one 1A guys, too many. You got too many 5A guys. You see that in the North-South game, by the way. You see if it's got a bunch of 1A, 2A coaches, you see a lot of 1A, 2A players. And it is what it is. That's something that's another show for another day. But here, what they do is they'll go through and they watch. And if you looked at it this year, you looked at it this year, it was a lot earlier selection than what it has been for the state of South Carolina, at least, uh, than normal. And I don't know if that's all fair and, and, and love and war. I, I don't know that. But, again, it, it seemed to work out. They seemed to choose the guys that uh, were ready to ball out, show out, for the Sandlappers, at least, and that's the state of South Carolina. Uh, as they won since the first time since 2014. They did tie last year, by the way. There's no tying in football, so they do need to let the committee understand that. Look, I didn't come here as a football for y'all to tie. 
Go ahead and give me another 20 minutes of free. Let's get us a winner, you know. But, uh, again, safety is, is, is a listing of things here because there are so many guys who are committed, ready to roll. There were guys that committed on Wednesday, which I think that was the first time that they did that where it was a Facebook Live video where they were signing on spot. I know they'll probably upgrade that. It wasn't – to me, it wasn't great watching it. It was kind of uh, – it was kind of – I don't know. I think they were kind of playing the table with that one, just kind of going on a whim. Okay, this is what we'll do. And so there are certain things there that I know they'll find soon going forward. But uh, ultimately, hey, I thought it was a uh, – I thought it was really a, a, a good game. Uh, you know, there were a lot of commitments there. Eight, I think eight come out of – Fox had six. East Carolina had four commitments on the field, and uh, NC State, the pack here, they had three uh, commitments on the field. But it wasn't, again, you know, you, you look at some of the athletes out there, and, again, I don't want to just highlight South Carolina because we do have a lot of North Carolina guys on the show as well. And, uh, you know, uh, they actually had three quarterbacks. Three quarterbacks actually showed out for uh, the state of North Carolina, and, and – uh, Javondre Page is one of them. He was their leading quarterback. There he went four for 11, 45 yards in the air, a touchdown. He did. So, man, I thought looked pretty good. His rating was the highest out of all of them, 82.5. And then uh, Jefferson Boaz uh, out, of the, uh, out of the North Carolina team, five for 10, 30 yards. He threw a touchdown, but unfortunately threw an interception. And Isaiah Best was the other gentleman, one for eight, a, uh, a pass that went the other direction for two. Uh, again, not the numbers he wanted here. Uh, as far as rushing goes over there, Elijah Burris was their leading man, 21 carries, 73 yards, 12 was his longest. Uh, no rush. And that's what I thought again. Setting up every time, but again, not So, as you can tell, it was uh, a very interesting game. I believe a C was up at one play, and that was because Garcia jumped into uh, the end zone. It fell back out of his hands, and uh, he had thrown it out of bounds. You throw it out of bounds, that's, that's an intentional grounding. You're in the end zone. That's an automatic safety. Uh, it was ugly there at times. Pretty games again. These kids haven't played together all year, and this is something they're scrambling and gambling. Two a days quickly. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, children, and then first one. Again, you, you look at all the touchdowns uh, there, of course, uh, Mr. Javante Page was uh, the guy that connected one and threw one, but it was on the legs of their kicker that actually got most of their points there. And, again, that's the old bend, but don't break for South Carolina. Right. Uh, and, and, again, stellar performance by, by the North Carolina team as well. They, they obviously deserve to be there. And, like you said, a lot of the, the, the scoring for them or, or the yardage that they got was always up front and really, uh, or, or the the interior 
and the defense for South Carolina, what they were able to do uh, against the Tar Heels in this game is, is to be able to stop the run. And if you if you stop the run, that's one way, uh, one of two ways really to uh, utilize keeping yardage uh, out of the hands of, of the offense and being able to gain gain that advantage over them uh, in, instead of having both uh, on the ground and in, and in the air. And I think that it, it kind of forced them to uh, try to throw a little bit more. Uh, I, w- I would assume, again, I didn't watch it, uh, any of it. I didn't see any video, but just going off of the numbers or the past attempts and all of that, uh, putting it all together and, and just kind of making sense of it, that, that would make the most sense to me. And the secondary for South Carolina did, did suffer a few, but when it all when it was all said and done, the the leading score for North Carolina had to be the kicker, uh, based off of the just the the rest of the offensive numbers. And the only one touchdown that was given up was was a passing touchdown uh, from a, from the North Carolina quarterback. And like really, really, there's not much more to dissect over there other than. Uh, the fact that I think that there was great protection from North Carolina's offensive line uh, to give uh, to give the quarterbacks protection, all three of them, uh, one way or another, uh, the, the advantage had to be uh, on the defensive side of the ball for for South Carolina being able to stop uh, the, the ways of scoring the off um, just offensive yardage uh, to try and gain positive yardage, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, they, again, they did a great job. I thought overall that, that when you look at the defense, we're going to wrap this up and head to break, come back. We'll talk about this new realignment proposal. Again, it's just a proposal as of now. Uh, they have a chance until, I think, February to, to try to look back through it. We're going to dissect the teams in the low country. If you want to talk about some of the teams in the upstate, you can do that. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, the number to call in to hang out with us is 323-784-9681. Again, call in, hang out. Three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. We'll uh, wrap up our high school conversation after the next uh, segment here. But but again, congratulations to both North and South Carolina. I thought they both really uh, represented the states that they uh, had on their backs very well. Everybody was uh, well. Uh, sportsmanship was there. Uh, but at the end of the day, the uh, state of South Carolina comes up victorious. I mean, in a big time fashion. Twenty eight seventeen. They break. Uh, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a lull there that they haven't had victory lane on their uh, in their hand there and the trophy of course uh, stays in the state of South Carolina so uh, we'll be right back we're coming up we're talking about the realignment 2020 to 22 right here on Southern Sports Central next.
Welcome back, everybody. Richie Elman here alongside Will Porter, producing the show on the other side of the glass. We're taking your calls and answering your questions right now on Southern Sports Central. Come in, hang out. Let's talk about anything on your mind when the world of football is concerned here. We have opened up the gates for the NFL to come on in and hang out with us now that the boys of Friday Night Lights have hung up their pads and helmets and everything for the final time. They've cut off the lights. They say you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So come on in to the NFL conversation in hour number two. That means that we will talk a little more high school here uh, in this segment. Because uh, here by the uh, South Carolina High School League. Uh, 2022 uh, to 2022 season. Again, it's just a proposal. You have until November, excuse me, you have until February to put in your uh, your arguments, your debates, and your final uh, pieces and what you want to see change here. Some of the key points coming out of this one for the Lowcountry, uh, Oceanside, who everybody knows uh, really had a great year up until they went to Barnwell, saw Barnwell and uh, kind of in their season. But Barnwell, a great team. They've got a great quarterback over there that we've had on the show. Um, they've got some players over there, and, and it was a heck of an environment. The environment alone sometimes is the hardest place to play in. And I think that also kind of shell-shocked uh, Oceanside. Oceanside hadn't seen him in like Yeah, and they also have a Deshaun Watson as well, if that speaks anything. But he's on defense instead of offense, and he's not a quarterback. And he's got zero offers. Yeah. From what I understand, he yeah. doesn't have any offers because they actually talked about him on the game yesterday, on Saturday. Oh, did they? And how, and how wild it was, how good he was. He actually had a pretty game. He had a game Saturday. I don't have any stats from me in front of me uh, from the Saturday's game. But he, he did. He, he looked really good. And, of course, his name sticks out because we know what Deshaun Watson, if you're in the state of South Carolina, if you're a big college football guy, he was, of course, uh, a big guy for uh, the Clemson Tigers. Now he's a big guy over there for the Texans. And uh, they won, by the way, on Saturday. Yes, they did. And um, that being said, I think Tampa Bay. But anyways, yeah. both Watson's had a good Saturday. The one <laughs> from the War Horses. Uh, look, they did well. And this is my thing. I don't like the early signing period because of Saturday alone. So many guys played so well out of their shoes and really, I thought, had a chance to, to get in there and get an opportunity. But yet, because they had to sign on Wednesday, it meant nothing on Saturday other than to show the team that they got on their, on, on their signatures, we got the right guy. But what happens to an Adam McAdam who's never played center before, ball out as a center, or let's just say, what would it, I'm trying to think who would have been, because I don't want to downplay anybody or their positions, or their choice. But let's just say, for example, because Adam McKenna did, you know, I can pick on him a little bit because we're closer to him, and I know his family well. And I mean this with all due respect to Rhode Island, but let's just say what if the University of Alabama, and I'm just saying Alabama, said, man, that kid's a good center. I'd like to get him. You can't touch him because he signed on Wednesday. He's playing on Saturday. It's almost to the point where, you know, do you really want to play on a Saturday? Yeah, it, right? it, it's tough. Because, it should have been a, it, yeah, because it should have been an interview. Yeah, it, it's tough because you you have the struggle was the the week or the weekend after the early uh, so
And when you when you look at these things and, and you start to kind of put everything in perspective, you know, here here's what has to happen. Here, here's kind of where it goes is, is that you have a good game on a Saturday at the Shrine Bowl. And, uh, again, it's not all for nothing because, again, a lot of great memories are made. Um, but when it all comes down to it for me personally, you know, I, I look at it in the same aspect as, uh, man, what, what if? What if that guy on the North Carolina side or what if that guy on the South Carolina side balled out and had a great, and I mean a great showing in their game? And, and you start to kind of put things in perspective. You know, for me, ultimately, you know, I, I look I, at it like this. It's, it, it's, it's exciting to some degree because of the fact that you had a chance. You had a chance to get recognized one more time, to get one more chance, to do one more big thing. But a guy like Adam, who I thought, again, he easily could have uh, gotten a few offers coming out of that game. A lot of guys could have gotten offers, but they're forcing them to do something. Or- yeah, and, uh, and as I was saying, the, the struggle is all of those players that uh, before the national signing period uh, that, that they were playing the North-South game last weekend. And then this weekend is, of course, after the early national signing. And then that, and you have this um, – it, it, it's a very weird uh, median or, or trying, to meet the, trying to meet in the middle. And I, I would even almost think that there are some of those uh, college recruits that probably were there in the 3,000-plus – that attended uh, the game on Saturday, uh, but also not to mention the fact uh, that goes without mentioning that, you know, there's the possibility of some of those other schools that were, were scouting uh, different players or the ones that were scouting their own players that just signed and, uh, and to commit. I'm pretty sure I, I would, I would not be surprised if there was a Tennessee uh, coach that was there for Jalen Hutchin play. And just kind of making sure that he's protected, if 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 you will. But you know, it's hard. It's really hard. You brought up you brought up the point that if somebody is already committed to a school, and there's another school that is there, and like that 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 guy is a good guy. That guy's a good player. I would like to get him. Nope, nope. You can't get him because he's already committed somewhere. Or you force his hand. And you force his hand, and that that it, it's it's very hard. Um, I, I think it would be one thing. It would mean one thing if it was um, that it was like verbal commit instead of uh, and anything being signed, sealed, and delivered. But that's when it gets tough. I think especially for the for the young people, for the young kids. I even if it was a an an instance where they signed to a lower a lower division program or, or maybe even a power five school or first thing hypothetical like that and then and again, I'm trying to make sure we hit the Alabamas, we hit the South Carolinas and the Vanderbilt. That hits probably three different tiers. Yeah. Or the Clemsons or the Wake Forest or Trying to think who's on the bottom there. Somewhere around NC State might have been. Syracuse, maybe. Syracuse, I, I don't yeah. know. But uh, Boston, Boston College, as of late. <laughs> yeah. Miami. We would have thought that. Yeah. But uh, but again, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, that's just one of the conversations of many that I looked at. But uh, anyways, get back to this realignment conversation of 2020, right. 2022. Oceanside will move up to the 3A region. Uh, what does that mean? What does it look like? Uh, of course, uh, you know, the, the Land Sharks. Uh, 
uh, they've got an interesting deal there because now, you know, uh, Region 8 will keep Academic Magnet. They'll keep Bishop England and Hanahan, but they're going to add in here Battery Creek, North Charleston, and Oceanside. Oceanside, to me, uh, I think the kind of conversation that, that's interesting to me is, uh, you know, North Charleston's not a bad school. Uh, I'm waiting for them to kind of step out, too, because there are athletes in those neighborhoods in North Charleston. Right. I know that for a fact. Park Circle has athletes everywhere. And they've got some guys coming back around the community that played in the college level. They played in some NFL levels. Southern Sports Central is getting involved over there at Park Circle. We're doing some things with a couple guys that got uh, – we're kind of getting a committee together, kids, you know, out of the streets and onto the fields type of thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'd like to see North Charleston really step up. Battery Creek, I don't know a lot about them. They're in the low country, but they're going down there towards, I believe, uh, down the Buford Hilt Head area. Uh, we'll see what they bring to the table, but it's Oceanside that's got everybody in this region going, man, I thought these guys were going to the 4A level. What happened? Multiplier. Well, where's it at? Well, they multiplied them into 3A Region 8, but I like it. It's an automatic conversation with Oceanside and Bishop England, yeah. right? And that's right on Daniels Island. And then they come across the river over to uh, Berkeley County where they're going to hand. Now, Hanahan's job is open, by the way. Now, supposedly, they're very close to deciding who they're going to get. And I thought they wanted to have it done before Christmas, and here we are two days away. Ain't happening. Uh, that, to me, could be th- three teams to watch to who's going to take it all. Now, again, you know Coach Greer. You've watched Coach Greer. He does a really good job of uh, landing talent um, in positions out of the hallways onto the field. And uh, we'll see. No Keegan Williams this year coming up. He will not have the same quarterback coming up. Yeah. So we'll find out how good they really are. Keegan Williams was 80%, 90% of their score. Yeah, and it's going to be difficult, especially especially with a transition like this from, from 2A into 3A. I, I don't think that it's really going to affect them that much. The, the competition is probably going to be a little bit tougher, something that they've, uh, that they've never seen before. The environments that they're going to go to are, are definitely a lot bigger. The facilities are a lot bigger than these other 2A schools that you have um, that they were playing up against. Uh, I, I'm making a, a slight comparison to Barnwell, even though that, um, even though that was a very, uh, it was a different scenario. It was playoffs and you had uh, you know, the pack of stands and also packing the, the concessions, <laughs> the, the concessions, everything, everything was packed <laughs> uh, and, and just looking over there and they, they were able to, how they were able to pack the house, but that's two way football. That's two way playoff football where everybody shows up and, and everybody shows out. Right now, with with this with this proposed uh, region region eight and three A realignment with Oceanside, uh, that means that there are more students in the school. That there are more um, there's more competition uh, to be had uh, coming out of Oceanside. Right, and, and and I think that that's really the way that I perceive it. Uh, of course, it's going to be it's be for for Oceanside to. Show more uh, a lot more talent uh, the other the other school their sister school great collegiate they they stay in uh in 2a and if if i'm not mistaken they are still uh in the same uh or they were in the same um region as saluda oh yes they still are along with um along with a, a newberry and a saluda um in batesburg um that that's really surprising to me now seeing newberry on this list i'm sorry that we're shifting gears Newberry has not been in a in a two A school uh, position in a long time. Either that, or not been in the same region as Saluda. So uh, that's a big surprise to me, right there. Just wow, it just hit me. Wow. 
<laughs> well, it, it's it's an area that's, that you would think that maybe I don't know if it's surprising you because it's so they're so low, or yeah. maybe they're high. But here's the thing: the numbers there draw around, and I don't know how many new kids are around, and yeah, you know, maybe kids do travel to Gary College because again, you can go anywhere to, to do what you got to do there. Uh, well, let's look over at a couple other things here. Is uh, we don't want a time to catch it. Woodland is a team that uh, we had a chance to cover uh, over there at the Somerville game. They opened in week zero against uh, the Woodland Wolverines up there in St. George, South Carolina. That's uh, the Dorchester County area. They're moving into the same region as Timberland in the 2A Region 6. They'll join Burke High School, Phillips Simmons, which is the newest high school. One of the Well, no, they're not. They're the second newest high school over in Mount yeah, Pleasant. They're newer, yeah. Newer, right? Timberland, like I mentioned along, of course, uh, Lake Marion, Ridgeland, Hardyville. To me, I like this one. I like the automatic rival between Woodland and Timberland, uh, the lands, uh, the battle of the land here. Who's going to be the strongest at the end of the night? Uh, that one, uh, again, uh, Timberland has got a lot of history over there, man. And if you're in the low country, you know what that coach has done, uh, the previous coach has done, and, and things like that. These guys are known to win. And uh, the athletic director over there, Coach Cyber, uh, Edward Woodland, is doing a really, really good job with the facilities with the uh, the amount of uh, participation on the football field. I like Cyber. I think he's a stand-up dude, and uh, I'm excited to see him move into something a little closer into home here so that we'll be able to watch him a little bit more. Uh, Phillip Simmons, I, you know, I think they'll get there. I, I think there's a lot of learning curves there. Again, they're in 2A football, like I mentioned, uh, you know, trying to understand, you know, what kids fit where, bringing kids all in. They haven't been open but a few years now. Uh, we'll see what they can do. And then there's Burke High School, which has, by the way, probably about all these teams, probably the best band out of all these guys yeah. in all this realignment. So if nothing <laughs> else, you're getting a better halftime show. Uh, but uh, but I would say Burke is a good team. They've got some new coaches over there. We, we've watched them grow. They've won some games this year. They made the playoffs this year. Same thing. Same thing as North Charleston. I, I know there's a lot of athletes there in the streets around Burke High School, and there's some kids in the hallways there. They've just got to get those kids out of the classroom and onto the football field. And, it, it is what it is. You have to just go out there. And sometimes you got to recruit those hallways, coaches. You got to get out there and sit in those classrooms. You got to go and tell them, look, get it. You're struggling in the classroom. Why don't you come play some football? You give me your best. I'm going to give you my best. We'll win on the football field, and I'll make sure you win in the classroom, and it's a win-win situation here. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what needs to happen. I, I'm very fortunate. I've spent some time over at Burke High School last year. Uh, I spent some time, of course, over the summertime over there with uh, their band as well as uh, watching and, and getting to know some of their football players. One of their uh, coach president used to be a big-time football player over there at uh, Ashley Ridge. Uh, of course, uh, well, we'll see how that region goes. And then in 1A, Region 7, we had the crosshead coach in here during the season, if you remember. We did, uh, yes. And he also has a lot of good things going on. They made the playoffs as well, and he's winning with less. He's winning with a very young team. So I'm excited to watch these guys move into the Charleston area. They're going to come in here to Region 7. Well, they'll join Baptist Hill, Charleston uh, Math and Science, Military Magnet, and uh, St. John's along with Well Branch. We also had St. John's coach on. Yeah, I remember St. John's. Uh, St. John's coach was uh, really sticking out to me in the in the, the program that he's been able to put together. Man, it, it's uh, it was it was incredible to to hear that conversation. I think was very um, very fruitful. Yeah, and uh, just uh, very fulfilling, if you will. And he's easy. And it, he talks well about his program. I think because the the, the parents and the uh, all the other coaches that were there, the players really embraced him and uh, was able to you know help him 
they, they really set themselves up for success sure. because they believed in their coach. And he spoke very highly of them on that uh, when he called into the show. Yeah, and you got to look at it. He was the uh, 1A lower state champ, uh, coach of the year. So, That's right. So he, he knows a little bit about it. He won the region last year. They went deep in the playoffs. They actually got knocked out by the uh, Green Sea Floyd team. They yeah, ended the up winning the whole thing. Right, they won champions. the whole thing. So, uh, other than that, James Island is going to go down to 4A region. Of course, uh, you know, for me, when you look at the James Island one, it, it's a good – it's a good spot for a couple of reasons. My only concern is the travel destinations here. Uh, so let's open up the conversation. James Island, the uh, Trojans are a charter school, which means they have the opportunity to fill the team up with a lot of kids. They come there, they can play. I don't like to use the word recruiting in high school, but it is what it is. This coach can go get who he wants. It's a charter school, right? It's the rules. You know, don't hate the player, hit the game, and the game says he can go get it, so go get it, whoever the new coach is going to come in, because that position is open. And by the way, uh, as of right now, they – I think they know who they're going to get, but nevertheless, it says open still on the tournament line. Uh, but anyways, they go in here. They'll see the likes of uh, in Region 4, uh, Region 7, 4, 8, Island, County, Hilton Head, May River, made the play. New on the bottom in the first time. I was at your is sitting down there in two A football, and uh, here you go right along. Uh, you're going to jump in four A. So, uh, you know, another school in Mount Pleasant. Welcome, Wando, to the rest of everybody's conversation. By the way, you've right. been able to suck it up, Buttercups, and enjoy the fact of not having to go against people coming in and just destroying your schools, like you've seen Somerville. Who just imagine if there was no Fort Dorchester, there was no Ashy Ridge, how powerful they would be. Think yeah. about Stratford. If Stratford didn't have to go and, and share some of their athletes over there with Kane Bay, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if, if, if uh, Goose Creek didn't have to share their love over there with Stratford, with Stratford. and Kane Bay. Yeah. So, uh, and then, of course, Berkeley has to share theirs a little bit with Kane Bay as well. Right. Uh, uh, but, again, I'm just picking on you guys over in Wando. But, uh, and Will, I It hasn't been cherry picked. Matter of fact, they combined two high schools to make West. Combined two high schools to make one high school. Yeah. So we're waiting. All right. This is. <laughs> but uh, but for me, you look region seven and four A football. James Island, man. If they were getting paid, if you were a bus driver, you want to get paid by the mile on this job. Because you're going all over the low country, literally as low as low can get in the low country to Beaufort, to Bluffton, to Bayreuth. Uh, they're actually going to. I believe there were some things there that basketball and football is going to take some hits there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll kind of let let that fall where it will. We may get into that in another show. Uh, but then again, you got Lucy Beckham. That'll be a team that's going to have some struggles coming out of the gate. May not, man. Hey, may they may have best best and created a whole new high school and, and became kind of an IMG over in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, uh, that, that's the not so much a rumor as it is just a speculation that because that they have they're they're pulling a lot of talent pool from from Wando, right? Uh, and and they're they're the the boom of. Uh, the, the movement in Mount Pleasant of, of how many people are coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, they need to 
be able to filter out some of those students from Wando, and they're, and they're going to be going to Lucy Beckham. Right. And, it, and it took me a minute because whenever I heard it, Lucy Beckham, I think that name was familiar. I didn't think that it was in Mount Pleasant. I thought it was like further down towards um, towards Beaufort, towards Bluffton, right. uh, down towards Hilton Head and, and Jasper counties and all those uh, in the lower part of low country. But nonetheless, uh, how they're able to get, to get to 4A right out of the gate, it, it speaks, you know, Probably is going to be some some competition to look at. We'll see, right? Because they because this is this is of course all on paper, and right now, Seabeck is still being um, built in the Mount Pleasant area. It won't be finished till um, perhaps the summer of of this this upcoming year. Either that or or just somewhere around. Charleston schools got some road trips ahead of them. 
Uh, Ashy Ridge has been opened after 10 years. We reported this one late last week uh, that Coach Walker has stepped down from the position over with the um, Ashy River, uh, excuse me, Ashy Ridge guys. And uh, man, that's a that's a big that's a big time opening there. Now they're definitely going to be in a very good region as well because they get to see the like, of course, uh, in Region Eight. This new coach will get to see Fort Dorchester, Stahl, Somerville, and West Ashley. Uh, remember, Stahl actually beat this team this time last. Yeah, you know, they beat this team last year. So uh, Stahl comes in here a little bit poised, a little bit excited, man, about this opportunity. Uh, but uh, Ashley Ridge is opening West Ashley. Another 5A school with a job opening there again. Uh, so two jobs within Region 8 will have two new coaches on the sidelines running the systems and rebuilding a culture, if you will, in both of those places. And then Hanahan, we talked about these guys here uh, just earlier as uh, that new Region 8 kind of takes shape over there. Uh, Hanahan, again, another great spot. Uh, you look at the area geographically, they've got athletes all around that area. They've got a lot of kids that can do a lot of things. They're known for some speed in that area. The thing that I think kind of hurt them uh, was, uh, of course, uh, that school that we talk about and, uh, and Philip Simmons. Uh, Philip Simmons did take away from them uh, a little bit because of the location it is in. It's actually in Berkeley County. Uh, but it did take away from uh, the likes of what you would see and some speed that Hanahan used to have. It all went with them over there. Uh, in, in that area right off uh, near, I'm trying to think, it's called Thomas Island is, is the area that they were able to pick from. Uh, Canehoy area is the location. So uh, you look at those four jobs, who's the most, um, I guess, prevalent, who's kind of excited? Mostly, I would say, go after the Asher Ridge job, then the James Island job, then the Hanahan job, or maybe even the West Ashley job. Because, again, West Ashley, you don't have any other schools picking from you. You kind of got your own thing. You got a heck of a territory to go get some athletes. You can't tell me when you got a good basketball team, you should have a good football team. All right? You got size to win basketball games. You got some guys who got some pretty good footwork to win some basketball games. Probably have some pretty good hands. So there's your receivers and maybe a few running backs over there. So uh, let's do this. We'll take a break. Top of the hour coming up next. We're going to change gears. We'll get into some of the college conversation. Bowl games have now underway we've got uh, some first-time winners like our coach Hugh Freeze how about that Liberty gets their first ever bowl win nobody thought they were going to win but us I think we selected them but uh, other than that uh, we'll talk about some of the winners and losers from Friday to Saturday coming up next in hour number two you're listening to Southern Sports Central Live right here on Blog Talk Radio my family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the tent farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. Welcome back, everybody. Richie Elman here. Hour one is done. 
on Southern Sports Central alongside Will Porter, pushing the buttons, answering the calls, and handling the business over there uh, behind the glass here. You want to hang out with us this morning. It's been a loaded show. We uh, covered all the high school stuff uh, for maybe the final time until maybe February, uh, where we'll have National Signing Day. The official National Signing Day will be mid uh, of February. Then, of course, uh, the final uh, arguments will be all said and heard for the new realignment, so we'll have a, uh, a stamp to put on the mountain as well. So, Probably be pretty quiet Friday Night Lights-wise, uh, unless a coach or a player or somebody checks in with us. Uh, we'll, we'll do a lot of college. We'll do a lot of pro stuff here going forward. Uh, we may throw some basketball in here as uh, March Madness starts to kind of come a factor as well. So there's going to be a lot of conversations. There's going to be a lot of things going on, uh, a lot of things kind of getting into uh, different conversations, if you will. So the gears changed, and Will asked me that. I remember when he first came, he said, we do a lot of high school and in college, we'll – how do, you, do we talk to the other stuff? I said, well, what you got to do is you kind of let it take kind of where it lands. Again, because the NFL season is so long, because things happen so much in, in, in certain sports, you got to kind of love the ones that are hot right now. While the irons are hot, you talk about those irons, and you can kind of throw in some of the other guys on the backside. But you definitely want to talk about what's happening now. And, of course, uh, congratulations to all the uh, high school teams that had a really good season in 2019, the coaches that gave it all they could get. And just because you didn't make it, as far as the other teams, it didn't mean you didn't work any harder, all right? It just means some of the luck didn't fall your way and some of the things didn't happen the way they needed to happen. A lot of luck happens in winning championships. You can ask NFL coaches. You can ask that guy over there at the Patriots, and you can ask old boy that wins at Alabama, even at Clemson. You know, there's a lot of luck involved when it comes to winning championships. A lot of things have to fall the right way, and the whistles have to blow in your favor a little more than less. So, uh, But great job, coaches. Good job, players. Uh, good job, trainers a lot of trainers in the high school level a lot of these young athletes these students gave up their friday instead of going out and doing uh things that high school students do on friday nights they chased around you guys smelly and thirsty and complaining all get out but they're the student trainers doing what they did and all of the training coaches that train these young athletes and young you know hopefully a future who knows doctors or, or what have you in the future as well also to all the high schools for putting on a, a five-star show Every Friday night, throughout the Thursdays and the Wednesdays and the things that you did there, thank you very much for all that, the energy and, and all that you did there because it takes an army to put these things together, to run the concession stands, to run the ticket gates, to put things together on Thursday nights and Friday nights, and then some Wednesdays, some things were happening. Uh, of course, the bands, the ones that showed up, thank you for showing up and traveling with your team. I can't say that enough. And, and, and again, you know, you're a high school band you know, director, you need to understand something. If it wasn't for Friday Night Lights, you wouldn't have a job, at least doing that job, because it started with Friday Night Lights. The reason that a high school band was invented, was created, was to travel around to be a prep rally band for that high school football team on Friday night. And unless it's a three, maybe four-hour trip, you be going on every road trip with these guys. You should be stands when they're on the road. You should help at least give them a little bit of advantage on the road. And you should always travel during the so that being said, uh, if you are a band director, I hope you hear me. If you're a coach, you go play this for them. Showing uh, you high school team in a playoff game, and you're a band director. And I don't mean carrying seven guys. Okay, I mean carrying put them up. Let's make an impact. What else you got got going? Oh, you got you got something going on Saturday. Well, that can wait because those guys, you know, and a lot of you guys can be uh, controlled by the. Uh, concessions get to sit in concessions and, and, and win the numbers over in the concession stand which benefits you 
on your travels on Saturday. So even though you can tell somebody, well, they don't come and watch us, well, they let you stand in their concession stand and take the money from their fans that come to watch them. Because last time I checked, there aren't many schools that they come and watch halftime shows. They come to watch the football games. Now, I will say this. There are some high schools, and there's a lot of uh, schools that some people will go watch the band. But 99.9, that ain't in high school. That's more of a a college level. And I tell you, and and I say this because this is kind of a sore spot for me. This is a very sore spot, and I need to get into college. But I wanted to kind of throw that out there because, Will, you know, uh, you you see it where these teams don't travel. They don't put them on buses. and Look, make it happen, man, because here's the thing. You want these kids to go out and give what they got. You know, number one, administration, you got to support the coaches. You got to show up to these games. You can't just show up when it's at home. You got to hit the road with them. You know, you got to be a part of it. You know, you, you got to be out and about. You got to do the things, man. You got to let these kids just not be on the football field in your backyard. You got to go to their backyard. You got to go out there and, and walk the sideline with your head coach. Show that it's a team of one. You're as one as they say in Somerville. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, no, no, no house divided inside the schoolhouse to the football field. Band members, the same thing. You, you guys, we, I get it. Congratulations. You work hard. You get to go to these competitions. You, you do a lot of things. And you, you do great at what you do. But you need to be doing great things on Friday nights. And you need to show up in your uniforms. you got million-dollar uniforms. Show up in them. You know, you don't see the football team showing up in their practice gear on, on Friday night and, and, the, and the quarterback running around in a bright red or yellow, you know, you-can't-touch-me shirt, right? I mean, he's wearing, he's wearing his five-star jersey. Mm-hmm. You should wear your five-star jersey. Don't show up in jeans and a T-shirt. That's disrespectful. You wear your Sunday's best at Friday night games. Again, you can see the my look on my face. I'm I'm very passionate about this because of course it, it's it's something that's it's not it's it's one of many things in our society that are taking a little bit of a hit, and it's just said, well, we've got a band we've got a band competition tomorrow, so we're we're just we're just not going to show up, or we're we've got a band competition tomorrow, so we're just going to wear jeans. That's cool. Well, okay, well that's not going to work for me. So you either show all up or don't show up at all. Right. And when you don't show up, don't get mad that we go recruit another band from another high school that we can get you to come in and play for us. Yeah. Because that's what I want. Well, well, I can speak uh, because I, I, was in, I was in marching band for six years, and, and I, know, I know the ins and outs because I, I was very close to the, the program that I was in. And, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll be transitioning into football, so I'll make this quick. But um, I, I can understand where you're coming from. I think you're speaking more to the kids uh, or the programs that are out there that uh, don't necessarily want to support their high school football programs in, because of – the band competition comes first or, or the fact that they, that they don't want to show up. Um, and I, that, that could stem from the top down. I know that any decision that was made, it, it was always final by, by the band director, either, either if it was out of, out of safety concern that we didn't go or out of, um, out of something of, of more importance that, that we had to go uh, or that, or that we weren't able to go. And uh, I can speak on behalf of the uniforms. Th- those uniforms are very hard to clean. They're very hard to um, they're they're very hard to maintain uh, just all, all throughout the season. And and if you have if you have them wear them on Friday night, turn around and have to wear them Saturday, then then you're gonna you're gonna be hounding on your your band members to not get those uniforms dirty on Friday night, one way or another. Um, you know, because you, you got you got in the stands, you get third quarter off. That's that's a given. Um, unless it's a disciplinary thing uh, within the within the program, and how do you they, get they the third quarter it. off? Why I get the third quarter off? Yeah, no, because you need you need a minute. <laughs> you need you need time. What? what? What are you doing? You just play. You only play, you don't play the whole game. You're not 
You, you yeah, take I know. Breath, you take breath. I, now, and it is what it is. I mean, I didn't I mean, know you were in the band. Uh, we'll I, I mean, see, that we'll has a whole new conversation. Yeah, with me we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Unless the confession stand comes to you, then that's when a third quarter is not going to happen anymore. But but still, I I don't know where it was implemented. I just know that it was always it's always now, that's the third a rule. quarter I, being I off. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, and and we we do we've we've played halftime shows before, and the halftime shows that they. Um, just at different points throughout the year, right? Like, like the first game, you you usually have the first song, maybe the second already already completed, right? Uh, to showcase. Did they and tell then, you guys when to play and when not to play? Have they ever told you guys that rule? I'll be honest. I don't honest. think I don't think so. They I don't think to. so. They need to let you know when the offense has the ball, you don't need to play. Oh, oh, you're talking about that? Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, offense. It, it became a. It, I don't think it was so much a rule as it was just a, a rule of thumb. It wasn't an explicit rule say don't play it this time. But I, I think as I got older, and I, I ended up being drum major my senior year, and so I, I understood I understood it then, and I, I was in like constant communication with uh, with the cheerleaders that were down there, coordinating with them, um, coordinating back with us, and so uh, anytime that anytime that we were on offense, we 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 shut up, we didn't right. play anything, drumline didn't play any any cadence or anything like that. Right. Uh, the only time that we the only time that we did was uh, um, uh, you know how you know how USC. Or, or even Clemson, they they do their um, they they do their one little piece of, of like a measure or two, and then right. you hear everybody say go. Yeah. At Clemson games, that's kind of what we did. Gotcha. Um, and then that was all. That was just real quick out there, done, and then gotcha. move on, wait until the next first down, play that again. All right. So you mentioned this too, and again, well, I had no idea. See, you learn things. I learned. <laughs> I had no idea you were in the band. Yeah, so. This is this is, uh, this is live radio. Having so, a lot of fun so with here's this what conversation. What is more important? You said this. This mm-hmm. is your words, not mine. Okay. If something's more important comes up on Saturday, I guess, right? Right. This is why you wouldn't play on Friday. There's nothing more important. Let me explain something to you. If it's not for your high school football games that you get the concessions to, you can't sell enough mattresses. You can't wash enough cars. Yeah. Trust me. Without that Friday night gate of those people sitting in that concession stand, brother, you, you're not going nowhere. Yeah. You're going to go sit in the backyard of your high school field and go play for somebody. But – there's nothing more important than Friday Night Lights. And, again, I'm, I'm the advocate for the football player. I get that part. But I'm also the advocate of the, the guy that stands there. And you've seen my facial expressions on Friday nights. When mm-hmm. I look across the way and I don't see a band on the other side. And I see uh, no band in our stands when we're home. And, and all of a sudden, look across the way and they're getting down all around over there. And it becomes the soul train on the other side of the field, man, because they're just killing it, man. And I'm over there dancing. And I feel like I'm cheating on my girlfriend because – it's the other team playing, <laughs> and I don't get it. Yeah. So, so there is nothing, and understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Of course. There's nothing more important on Friday Night Lights than a high school band showing up and playing out and showing out. And you need to get in cadence with your student section. There's nothing. I'm not saying oh, y'all don't. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying you guys don't because, again, Saluda is, again, is 2A football. They get it. Yeah. 1A, 2A, 3A, they're still living in the old days in high school Friday mm-hmm. Night Lights, and I'm digging it. I'm all about it. But 4A gets a little bit pulled away, and then 5A, not all of it, because I can tell you what, we went to Berkeley. We saw all those guys do what they do at Berkeley High School. Yeah. We saw what Goose Creek High School does on Friday night. Goose Creek, I thought, did great. Goose Creek probably, ultimately, if we'd have given a trophy out, probably would have gotten, you know, best band for me, personally. Right. Now, right. that's only because I hadn't gone to Burke. Now, you take me to Burke High School, the football game, when I've been kind of tough, because those athletes are they're young. They're getting better. There's a lot of transitions, but their band don't ever stop, brother. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, everybody that's going to Burke High School can tell you. And if you've gone up around this high school, they will tell you that Burke band is like going to an HBCU 
and it is all about it, man. These some people go to this school just to watch the band play on halftime show. Right. And trust me, they play very high, very ener- very high energy. Just very so. uh, the, the the what's the word called when you when you get when you're dancing and the uh, oh my god, everybody they, they do they do high stuff. I'm they, pretty they, sure they do they high do step. Man, they got dancers, man. They got it. They got it all, dude. They 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 high step. Got low the, the flame throwing batons. Uh, we, they, saw, they, we saw that. We um, did see that at the at, at Barnwell. Yeah, we did. They don't have no batons throwing, man. They don't need all that. They don't need all the fire, man. They bring the fire. <laughs> they bring the fire over there, Burke, man. That that guy, he is awesome, man. He yeah. is. They get the producer, the band director over there. Uh, he went to FAMU, so he gets it. Oh yeah, right. He mm-hmm. understands it. You know, he's a rattler, so he brings in the heat. He's he's uh he's he's awesome. He's uh he's a good dude, and and I've had a chance to meet him on, on different levels. Uh, get the chance to talk to him. Uh, really, I'm 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 telling you, the guys, he's a he's a Mr. McLeod's his name, by the way. Okay. Great dude. You ever? I tell you what, if if you're still here this time next year during the season and we're off, we're gonna go watch a game over at Burke, and I'm gonna show you. Matter of fact, I probably can pull you stuff up on the video over there. Oh yeah. But these guys are awesome. I mean, they are really good, and I hear Cross yeah. is really good at their halftime show. Um, another one that I'd like to get to is Wilson High School. Wilson High School is over in Florence area. Uh, we've had their coach on too, and he said, Richie, if you get a chance, if y'all aren't playing during your our homecoming, man, I'll even give you the gas money to come watch us, man, because they, they shut it down too. They've got chapters all across the state of South Carolina that came and, and, and across the country even told me uh, that they come home, man. And it's almost like, you know, I watched, as a matter of fact, the Celebrity Bowl this past weekend where North Carolina A&T has won three out of the last four, I think, uh, HBCU Bowls. And uh, that's a big deal for them. But to see the band, man, to see the majorettes is what they're called, by the way. Right. Man, let me tell you, dude, it's all it, it's almost like you should pay two different prices for two different shows. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a whole big production that they do that they put on. Um, I'll speak to one earlier. You know, it, it was always a rule of thumb of importance to um, be at every single home game that we had. Every single home game. We never missed a home game. You don't miss it. And, 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 and yeah. Uh, the only I, and I can remember because our, our region, um, our region at the time, uh, we went as far or we would have went as far as Crescent High School all the way up in, in Anderson County. Wow. On, on, on the other side of Anderson. Yeah, because y'all are in that hybrid area. Yeah. Right. Y'all and, and come it, south or, or uh, no, south. I mean, not really. Like, because all, the, 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 all of the 2A high schools that we were centered around, or, or kind of, we were kind of in the middle of all of the other schools that, we, saying, that we were but, going to. Well, that's why I said hybrid-wise, what that means, and I don't know if you, may, I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but you guys, and when you're in a hybrid, and Columbia has, that's what that's called the hybrid area. So what they could do is they yeah. could take, if there's four schools, they take two, put them up north, and two to put south, Yeah. upper state, lower state. So you guys were up there near Newberry and all that, right? Is that correct? Yeah, it was at one point. I remember, um, I think it was it was back when I was in middle school in the first year that I had done marching band. Newberry right. was in our um, was in our region. Then they moved up to, uh, I think they moved up to three A, and the three A competition that that they had. So they had a quick re- region realignment. But we've always had uh, the same rivals, and, and they've always been in same uh, close proximity to one another. And then uh, it, and then it became the farthest road trip that we took. But it, but we always took it because it was a it was a huge rivalry game was. Uh, Abbeville, and from Abbeville to Saluda takes about maybe an hour, hour and a half at the most. Right. Uh, if we went to Crescent, it would be about two, two and a half hours instead. And I, I, I can speak from this. I've never been to Crescent High School, even though that they have uh, competed against us in in our region uh, once before. And now that it now that it's being realigned, or that it has been realigned, um, we we don't see the likes of them anymore. And that their their athletics are 
their athletics are decent. I know that the softball program up there is incredible, led by um, uh, I think uh, led. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of the coach's name, but he won up to 1.30 consecutive um, region titles up there with the Crescent uh, Tigers. Right, and so. It, it was just how the chips fell at the time, and, and over the years, there were there were some locations or some some teams that we uh, ended up stopped playing and uh, started playing again, or or started playing the, these other teams. When Gray Collegiate first came on the scene, they were ushered into our region, and and that's how the, the whenever that first region realignment, if you will, or they or they just got planted here and say, okay, you're you're here now, go. Yeah. Um, but kind of trying to wrap this all up you know i i understand you're you're advocating for for the team of um of, of the football team but that's just what you were brought for oh yeah yeah you weren't and, brought and here to go there travel for. down the street to go do competitions that's that's a bonus you know yeah, who absolutely. doesn't do that you know who doesn't do that it's cheerleaders 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 yeah. i've never seen them go oh we can't make it guys sorry we're, we're we've got to go we've got to go um Bring it on. We'll see, we'll see. They also work hand in hand with the football team. But so shouldn't the band. So should the band. So but should yeah. the band. And and then then I will because the cheerleaders also don't get the concession stand advice. And this is this is not just at one school. So I'm they, not picking they get, on a certain they, school. They they get halftime and whenever who gets halftime? Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. They get halftime. I'm talking about Someone the I'm talking about the financial part. Ah ah. Understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 They sell. They, they're the they're they're like car salesmen. They can't. They they got to get in your face and sell you how many. Man, I just bought a program from you like five minutes ago. Get out of my face. A little girl down the street, you know, down there just got one out of me. You know, they're yeah. the car salesman of the parking lot. Man. Yeah, you're you right. You guys, people are coming to you. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys are selling oceanfront property, man. Yeah, people are coming to you. Huh? These yeah. guys are over here trying to sell something in, in, in subpar areas. Going, man, no, you really need, you really need this, right? I mean, you, you're absolutely on point when saying that the, the athletic programs, the, the football program. Right. And the band or the band boosters that they need to work hand in hand. It really I, I, Yeah, I'll admit that there are some uh, programs out there, and and I, I'm not speaking like hey, I have inside knowledge. I'm just speaking generally right. that I know they there have to be some disconnects with some schools when it comes to the football teams and the bands because if if there weren't that that synergy that that same page uh, would be there. Um, I, I think it was when. I'll go back to my senior year, and of course I was a drum major, so I, I did a lot of the communicating and the talking with uh, uh, with the, the cheerleaders and coordinating all these different things, the Which different I can aspects. See you right. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely see. Yeah, uh, but it, it, all like all the coordination and trying to trying to make it all happen, right? And and to make it an even flow of, of a Friday night because uh, like I can I can picture it to you right now. Like I, I have my I have my stand in the bleachers. Uh, this big, this big, huge purple wooden platform, right. um, and and it's about you know maybe a quarter of the way up, and then everybody the the band has a section. That's that's a given. Uh, right next to us, uh, if I'm looking down at the field, uh, to the, to my left is or no to my right is the student section. To my left is uh, um, is the far end zone, um, and then down on the field is is the cheerleaders, and we're all we're all there in the, in the same place. I talked with somebody who um, I, I talked to the head cheerleader. I talked to whoever was leader of the, of the student section and coordinating all these things. Cause right. uh, every, we tried it our very, our very best. I think it went well, as far as my memory um, can, can recollect that all of the coordination that we put together, it, it did flow. It did flow smoothly, did flow evenly. Right. And it was because that, 
um, we like we knew that we had a job to do, right? And that the cheerleaders knew that they had a, a job to do, and, and you know they have their cheers outside of of what we do, of the music that we play, or right. or the uh, the fun that we have. And then the student section, they wanted to get involved as much as they as they possibly could, and that and we can go back on this conversation another time, but it talks about how or, or the conversation that we have had about two a football. Uh, grassroots, still old school. Yeah, that small to one right? Yeah, that that small town feel of it, what what else do you have to do on a Friday night? Go to a football it, like if you're in high school. Yeah. What what else do you have to do yeah, at, at a football down. game? Yeah. Right. And so. And, it, and I think that's what you get at will too, because here's yeah. the thing: what's the point of having home field advantage if you don't make an advantage? Right. If you don't put the crowd involved and you don't get the students involved, and and again, I get credit too because the, their band is. And right beside them is their student section. Mm-hmm. You know, Somerville is a little different because they've got some tradition where they put their students under the oak tree and their band is separated by an opening there where the football team runs out from the locker room. But, um, you know, for me, you know, I, I look at the aspect of it all and, and say to say, say it this way is, is that everybody's got to be on the same cadence. Everybody's got to be on the same accord. That's right. um, and then it's got to be impactful. Um, you know, Somerville brings its own character because there's no track around the field. The stands are literally on top of the, the field. And I think that's very creative. I like that. I love that factor. Um, but again, again, I'm not, Somerville's got a great band. Uh, and again, I'm not picking on Somerville. I'm not picking on another high school around the area. I just, it, it's a sore subject to me. And as you can see live radio, we do audibles all the time here. We're going to go to break one more time. We'll come back. I promise this time we'll talk college. But yeah, it, it's something that if you're a band director, man, look, you have an obligation to, to, to provide for the athletes on the football field. Okay, you don't want to wear your uniform every Friday night because you can't tell me you're playing every Saturday in a competition down the street. You, you just can't tell me that. Oh, you don't want to have to clean it the next day. Well, I'm sure the coaches don't want to stay up all night and clean the jerseys either on Friday night when they get done coaching for five hours on a Friday night. They don't want to give another three hours of washing clothes yeah, either, the, the but middle, they do it. Yeah, the middle of October was our prime for, for right. wearing – for wearing them, and of course, we still we still had quote unquote uniforms. Yeah. Like when and, that was right. when we would wear jeans. We weren't we weren't allowed to say wear jeans, wear um, wear whatever shoes that you want, and whatever t shirt you want. Yeah. No, we we had our we had our summer uniforms, uh, which is uh, I I remember leading up to my senior year, it was it was a big S. Uh, with with like purple on on one side and it was like a watermark and then and right. it was um and then it was white on the other and it said it said Saluda marching band right and and then the shorts that we had uh, and and this was the uniform that we wore up underneath our our actual uniforms uh, but when it, it came time the weather got colder but we didn't uh, we did not get around to wearing our actual uniforms right we would put on blue jeans instead and it was it was blue jeans what if? and and the shoes that we were uh, the white shoes that we wore, right. uh, the marching shoes, and the shirt tucked in, right. and, that, and that was the uniform, the summer uniform, the summer uniform, and the but fall. just with blue jeans. Right. And then, and then it was, I, it was once October rolled around and competition right. season started happening. That's when uh, the uniforms got put on the truck, to, uh, taken to the school, uh, taken out. We all wore our uniforms, and we were, I, I know that I, at least I was, very careful of putting it on. Because but, I did not want to. And we had white. We had white pants. Right. That's that's why. Uh, and, and most of you guys do. I get that. But <laughs> and, and 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 we're going to shut this down. I just want to say this. Uh, we'll take a break. So get get ready for the break. Because yep. uh, here here's the thing. 
Now, these days in age, high school football teams have multiple uniforms. They don't just wear one. They wear two, three, some of them, four uniforms. Who's to say, I know this is kind of weird that you guys can't go get another uniform. Trust me, you wash enough cars, you sell enough mattresses, you have the gate coming in from the food coming out of the concession stand. There are other ways to make money. You make, you take the money from the football team mm-hmm. and make these guys have to go find ways to get other money. They have multiple uniforms, and it ain't coming out of the budget. A lot of it ain't coming out of the budget of the, of the athletic department because they don't – I don't care whether it's high schools, that Wando's the number one high school in the state, or the lowest tier high school in 5A, which would be – I'll pick on Saka, Steve, just because that's my, that's my hometown. Uh, you know, these guys all have to find ways to get multiple jerseys, multiple uniforms, because they have to have at least two to play on Friday night anyways, a home and an away. Yeah. Who's to say you guys don't have something like that? It doesn't have to be the bells and whistles and all the tassels and all the, all the lights and all the things that go with it. Yeah. But you should have something better than show up in jeans. I can promise you that. Yeah. I, I can only speak for my high school. Sure. Like, and again, we're going to wrap this up, but um, I can only speak for my high school. I right. remember uh, it was the year, the first year that I came in was, was the year that they got brand new uniforms, brand new uniforms, sure. white, white beaver pants and, and a new, um, and a new uniform that was a, it was a purple top with like a, it was a, it was like a gray, uh, sat, like it was kind of like a sash looking thing, yeah. uh, down the side, uh, or, or down the front going, going down diagonally with, with a button near at the top, um, like up, up close to your stomach and your belly. Uh, and then the rest of it was white to blend in with the pants. Uh, the, the uniform before that, I remember it was, it was purple pants and a lot of more details that, that I ha- have no way of trying to explain it verbally. Yeah. Uh, you just have to be able to see it. But I think it was once after, once after I graduated and, and, and I think a new band director came in and he, uh, we still had these old uniforms in, in storage or, so, or somewhere put away, uh, at least protected for the time being. And he, he brought them out. And I think that he used those as the alternate uniforms for, for Saluda. Now, now it's not to say that uh, another program can't do the same thing, on a Friday night and then save the, the, the actual uniforms for, for their show on Saturday, whenever they go and compete um, at band competitions, but um, completely understanding where you're coming from and, and why, why can't they be able to use them? But um, it, it just depends on the school. It depends on the, the situation. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you, if you have the ability, yeah, right. if you have the ability to complete, like completely be able to do this. Uh, and there, there are really no excuses, but yet you give an excuse, then, then uh, that, that's I mean, it's where, hard to that's say that. Problem. Yeah, well, I mean, they're all going to give you an excuse. So yeah. it's, just, it's just what it is. But anyways, yeah. better break. Uh, come back. We'll get into college football. Just kind of a tangent there. Uh, and that may have been our final tangent on high school football. Gene, uh, I will say, Eugene, who chimes in all the way from Oceanside, I made a comment on uh, one of the Facebook sites over there, South Carolina High School uh, page over there and said that I think that Oceanside should be for a football and he questions why. Well, because I'm going to tell you why, Eugene. I think, honestly, you guys can be competitive in 4A football. I don't think you're going to see quite the competition that you think you're going to see in 3A. However, you don't have a few guys coming back. So, without having a guy, you know, the leading rusher over there, Keegan Williams, uh, coming back, you don't have your quarterback coming back, well, we'll wait and see. Maybe you're right where you need to be. We're going to break, come back, talk college football. It is bowl season, everybody. Coming right back on Southern Sports Central. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling around a bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps a rolling. 
on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. There's rich folks eating from a fancy dining car Probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars Well, I know I had it coming I know I can't be free But those people keep a moving And that's what tortures me I didn't put that detail in my bio. I think I did. should have. Well, you definitely didn't tell me that. 
This is like a Hatfield McCoy. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's fun to it's fun to find that out yeah, on live yeah, radio. Yeah, yeah. way to way to way to tell me now <laughs> so that I can't say really what I want to say to you. Right. Yeah. All right. So there from, from marching, today. yeah, from marching band in the bleachers to football and the on the box. gridiron <laughs> in the yeah. press box in the press box. in the press. They the press. Well, we did. Yeah. Comes down this year. <laughs> I look like Steve Spurrier, man. I was throwing headsets. Yeah, what are we doing? I, I really do. I mean, but I'm very passionate. You yeah. see me? Oh yeah, I'm like, passion. Ah, very passionate. Passion, and I, and I'm starting to learn that very same passion. <laughs> passion in the band. We don't have, my arms. Yeah, we don't have enough hits. Just banging a drum. God, it's so crazy. Oh, All right, passion is of the day here because Monday, December 23rd, we will see another bowl game. It is the bad boy. <laughs> bad boy mowers. Ooh, that just sounds aggressive. Nothing like Central Florida and Marshall getting after. Two bad boys of their own, in their own state of mind. Of course, that's going to kick off uh, 2.30 today. Uh, right now, uh, of course, uh, I believe Florida actually has the, the lineup. They score uh, two touchdowns and a safety at the third there. Would that be right? Yeah, that, no, that's, that's pretty big. A 16-point favorite going into this game. Marshall is 8-4 and UCF is 9-3. And they, uh, they had that uh, undefeated run a couple seasons ago. They were national top the, the national champion. Well, the internet. The internet, yeah. What made it? Tr- yeah, and uh, um, YouTube uh, creator Scooter McGruder. Scooter McGruder. He he does a good job with. Uh, he he has a bunch of t-shirts from around uh, from around the country from the different uh, programs and everything. And right. He comes in uh, first video of the year for reactions after re- week one, and he says, "Ready to repeat as national champion?" Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like, um, he's like, "We the real national champion." We 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 like we want Bama and then like it it was funny how how he put it together but little, little shout out to him but yeah um yeah so the the UCF Knights or the Golden Knights yeah 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 uh if you just plus the Knights one more time yeah that that was one of the things uh one of the videos the clips as well but yeah um Marshall go herd I have a friend of mine who um I'll send him a link to this show after after done and uh, he can listen that out uh, Jesse if you're listening. Uh, he he's a student up there at Marshall. We are and, Marshall. Uh, we are Marshall. Yep. And uh, and so yeah, the the sixteen point favorites are are the Golden Knights, and uh, it, it may be it may be a lot lower um of a score. I I like I don't know. I I haven't seen any of these two programs play. Central Florida's uh, pretty good. They got bit early by Pitt early in the season. Yeah, that's that's right? what it was. And that kind of. That, that that messed them all up, and then you look at another schedule. I think they lost a, another game to uh, – looking at it here. Uh, they lost three total games, to be quite honest with you. Right. But when, when you look at it, of course uh, – look at it. Uh, they lost, of course, to uh, Houston. That was uh, – no, they beat Houston. They beat Houston. They lost to UNAB. Or to Tulsa. Ah, there it is. Tulsa. They lost to Tulsa, and they lost to Cincinnati. That was who it was. Um, so those were the games there. You know, they're they're fast. They're Florida. They are who they are. Marshall, that's a team I don't know much about. They've lost four games. I would think Central Florida probably played a, a, a tougher schedule throughout the year. As you look at the games there, that, that of course, uh, uh, UNC Charlotte, uh, I, I think, did beat Marshall this year. That was one of the losses that they have on their schedule. Uh, another one was uh, Middle Tennessee. They lost to that one. So you're, you're starting to see the trend here. Uh, Boise beat Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boise lost bad on Saturday night. We'll talk about that here as well. And a few, and another game that they lost too. But uh, this one could easily go. And if I had to do a pick and part here, I would definitely say I think Central Florida wins this game. Uh, you know, because of the factor of the the caliber of talent they played, 
Uh, and again, that that's that's not a given because it's a bowl game. Oh yeah, and yeah. I don't know who's playing, who's sitting. You know, who's trying to go in the draft and who's a team player, who's an individual player. There's a lot of that stuff that goes on during these games. It's yeah. not like your normal season game. Yeah. Uh, well, no. well, Marshall, they're going to put a seven game uh, bowl winning streak on the line here. So that I think yeah. that they're going for their eighth, or right. or maybe this is six going. This is going on seven uh, right. games on the win streak. Um, and then, of course, you know, you know, UCF, they lost to LSU in last season's Fiesta Bowl. Uh, by the way, this is Marshall's second consecutive appearance in, in the Gasparilla Bowl after its win over South Florida last season. So and Marshall's they, put some players out there. Oh, they have. Yes. Yes, they have. And so they played uh, South Florida and the Bulls last year in this bowl game. Right. And so what's to say that they can't, they, they can't beat the Central Florida Golden Knights? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I do have a connection to Marshall because uh, my former principal back in high school, uh, Fred Kroll, uh, went to Marshall. And their basketball coach, Coach D'Antonio, is uh, the former high school basketball coach of my high school who helped kind of uh, create, define, and mold the Beach Ball Classic, which, oh, by the way, will be next week. And I'm going to try to get to a game or two, man. You're talking about some that used to be out of Socrates High School. Now they've moved it to the convention center. But I'm saying the best of the best teams in the country, not in the southeast, not in South Carolina, not in the in the Horry County, Grand Strand. No, in the country. I remember Trajan Langdon, who ended up playing for Duke from East Anchorage, Alaska. My oh, family wow. actually hosted, was a host one season, uh, and they hosted East Anchorage, Alaska, which was really neat. That's cool. uh, it was my freshman year, yeah, because my sister was a senior, and Trajan Langdon was on that on that roster. That was really a lot cool. Of, it was really cool, and. There's a lot of that that happens. A lot of these teams, when they bring in teams from outside the, the, the area, uh, they'll have, you know, host teams. I know uh, the IP Classic is a baseball tournament that happens in February, March, February, March, I think February, that uh, they bring in a lot of teams from around the state. Used to bring in teams from all around. Now it's just more of a state deal, which I, I don't understand that. But they do have host teams. So that's kind of a big thing as well. Uh, talking about hosting, uh, and we want to kind of stay on this thing here. Uh, a couple of games happened on Friday. Of course, uh, Buffalo. Look at that. Buffalo. Took down Charlotte. Uh, God, it was such a hard place to travel to in the Bahamas. And Charlotte must have been on uh, on Charlotte time because they, they got ran out of the stadium 31-9. to It was Charlotte's first time ever making it to a bowl game. So you get that first time, okay, you're good. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo, man, they look great, though. I watched them throw the ball around, run the ball. They really, I thought, offensively and defensively, as you can see the score there yourself, 31-9. I don't get much into it. Yeah, they, they, were very, they were very creative is what, uh, is what you're trying to yeah, say. They, well, they, well, they just handled business. They, they played assignment football. The defense stood where they needed to stand. The offense ran the routes that needed to be ran. If the guy needed to hook and pull a little bit there in the guard position, he did that just right. So it was a good game. It was interesting because – you know, uh, you know, you hear stories because when they hear football's coming to the Bahamas, they think it's soccer. Yeah. It's a different world down there. And, again, I, I understand the excitement there. But, again, I would love to see them take that Bahama Bowl and bring it to the state of South Carolina, put it in uh, Berkeley or Dorchester County right outside of the city of Charleston, right, mm-hmm. right off the interstate. That way people can still come into Charleston and spend all their money and <laughs> do all their things and play tourists, but then go up there to the Mercedes-Benz or, um, you know, Google or whoever it is, because we've got a Bowens up there. They've got so many different major units that could put together a massive stadium that could house not only major events in sporting, but also for music and other things. You know, so it could be kind of a, and it's only used for special things, but there's enough things in the seasons are so warm here. Like I said, I think Christmas is supposed to be back up to like 75, by the way. Yeah. So after, after we get over this gloomy hump, sign, sign a petition, by the way. Uh, to, to, to or start a petition I just, to, to yeah. get one. 
uh, a bowl to game? get a bowl game here. Yeah, and, I started and, that when I was with Bobby. Bobby Hart's just, show. Oh yeah. Yeah, he said, and I don't want it to be called the it's Palmetto still, Bowl. It's still open. It's still. And the the Palmetto Bowl is the uh, Clemson South yeah, Carolina Robert. Yeah, I don't. Even, I, but I want it to be something different. I don't yeah. know. They can figure it out. I'll let them do that. I just want them to bring it. It'll be the the Nestle Pure Life. I'm just looking at my water bottle here. <laughs> yeah, the ne- the Nestle Pure Life uh, Charleston Another Sports Bowl. Super bowl. Yeah. Oh boy, that'd, that'd be, be great. Awesome. Oh, that'd be man, great. That'd be real great. We like that talk. Oh, yeah. All right. So also happened uh, later that afternoon, Kent State. Look at this, though. Kent State beat Utah State. That's a big win for Kent State. 51-41 in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Uh, big win. Nice that was, that win. Was a huge win. Yeah. yeah huge great, win for them. Great win. And what do you get out of bowl games? It's not just going and playing the bowl game. It's the extra practice that you get to go into the bowl game. Because once you lose that last game of the year, you're done. Shut it down. Turn in your pads. You know, go hang out with your girlfriend because you ain't on this field. You can come to a bowl game, but you got to pay for a ticket. Or I'll send you one if I'm playing. I got an extra ticket. You have mine. But if you are in a bowl game, you get to keep practicing. Right. You know, now these guys are done, but like Clemson and, and Ohio State and, uh, you know, Alabama and everybody that's still playing, they're still practicing. Mm-hmm. So you're getting that much better while everybody else is not. So there's a lot more into it than just getting some of the swag, if you will, in the bag. Yeah. Then on Saturday, a couple of games happened. Uh, We'll start with the finale that was uh, that night. And, and, again, this one shocked me, man. Washington and uh, the former quarterback that was at Georgia. Yes. Yeah. Looked incredible. I mean, made Boise State, who was ranked number 19th country, to say that the, 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 the Pac-12 doesn't play football, they beat Boise State. And good for Washington because I think Boise State kind of selects certain teams to play in certain places. They're not known – for playing people in home places. They're not known for playing them in anywhere but a neutral site. So for them to lose 38-7, to that sends a lot of conversations up. Of course, the Washington coach just coached his last game. He'll step down as the coach and play in a different position. Uh, and I want to say during the award ceremony when they did the trophies, they brought up the new coach. It's on staff, by the way. Right. And I thought it was a very care- It was a very impressive uh Kind of switch of the guard, if you will. He brought him up from the crowd, from the from the field. He took the 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 trophy out of the president's hand from the university and said, "Here, hold, hold my hold my Coca Cola." And he put the trophy in the other new coach's hand, and he held one side, the other guy held the other side, and uh, they started snapping pictures. But that's a great message, a great send off from the old to the new, and and where they are to where they're going, and saying, "Look, we're on the same page here. So don't try to play us." Like mom and dad here. Yeah, it, right? was, it was Chris Peterson's uh, swan song. Chris Peterson, the yeah. the head coach of the Washington um, Huskies, and 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 no longer now because uh, he he's been um, he's been reassigned or, or either that or he stepped down. I think he stepped say. down. Yeah, he stepped down, yeah. and, uh, and and somebody else is now going to be taking the helm next year for this uh, uh, Pac-12 team. Who I, I want to see, I, I really do want to see them get back into the conversation that they were a couple of years ago because they, they were so good. They were so dominant. They got the fourth place spot in, in the college football playoff two or three years ago. Right. And, and what, what say that they can't do that again? Sure. But it's a lot stiffer. It's a lot stiffer competition now on the East coast and the, and the sec, you still have Clemson, you still have uh, Oklahoma. If they're able to uh, continue to maintain and getting, getting a quarterback transfer, Every like almost every year, yeah, but that, yeah, that, that's a whole other conversation that we're going to enter into there. Um, but yeah, c- congratulations to Washington. Uh, very dominant win over a, a over a ranked opponent um, in a bowl game, and 
I'm, I'm just interested to see where, where that program goes in the future. Yeah, Jacob Eason is a quarterback who was part of that transfer portal. He ended up in Georgia to head over there and uh, throw it Huskies for 210 yards, a touchdown, and uh, Washington sent out that Coach Peterson that you talked about to a 38-7 to victory over number 18. Number 18. It says in one, number 19, it's number 18 in another one. So it depends what poll you look at there. And the Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday night, it was a good one there. Uh, of course, uh, if you're a Washington fan, you think that at least. Uh, so do they go back to the transport portal, or do they hang out in the land of the signees here that happened on Wednesday? The other bowl game, uh, App State, now they saw a likes of a new interim coach step up because their coach had already packed up his bags and uh, headed over to Missouri. I did not know that. So uh, now you look at that deal, 31-17, they're in the R&L Carrier, New Orleans Bowl. Now, number 20, App State was not up through some of this game. I remember watching it going, man, this is not good. Now, it was uh, Drayton Evans who ran for 161 yards, including that 31-yard touchdown after he scooped it up for a fourth down and the number 20 App State defeated UAB 31-17 in the New Orleans on Saturday night, another Saturday night-like game there. Uh, again, you start to kind of look at things for App State. Uh, Mr. Thomas went 13 for 24, 142 yards and two touchdowns in, in the air. Of course, a rushing, leading rusher was also over there out of App State. They started getting some things going. It took them a little while here. They've had a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a break, if you will, and they've had some distractions over there on campus as well. Yeah. 19 carries, 157 yards, and a touchdown for Mr. Evans, and then uh, Receiving-wise, uh, you know, actually it didn't go. Uh, the leading receiver actually was UAB's guy. It was uh, Mr. Watkins over there, 59 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the leading receiver, of course, for App State was uh, Virgil over there for three receptions, 62 yards. Uh, but, again, you start to kind of put things together. Uh, not a bad day in the air, by the way, for UNAB's quarterback. I thought uh, Johnston, uh, T. Johnson the third is, is his name. Uh, 22 for 34, almost 300 yards, two yards shy of 300 yards at 298, two touchdowns, but he threw that interception. They kind of changed the momentum of yeah. the game as well. Yeah, that that, that was a, a telling sign of that game uh, the other night. And uh, You mentioned the App State, the Mountaineers, they were down 14 to 10 going into halftime. Right. And, and, that, and that's where you mentioned that disadvantage. And then um, somewhere in the third quarter, they just, they, they just turned on the ignition switch, I guess, and that they were able to put uh, three – uh, touchdowns probably unanswered uh, on the board, and that that got their score up to 31. Nobody scored in the fourth quarter, of course. Right. Um, but they, but nobody needed to, or or at least uh, App App State didn't need to because they already had the the upper hand, and the game the game was already decided by that point. Um, but yeah, it, it was uh, it was a good win by by App State. Great way to, to finish cap, off there. Yeah, yeah. to cap off a, a stellar season for for this one like just one year uh, tenured coach yeah to only to only go to only go 11 and 1 in the regular season and right. then win their bowl game and get it up to 12 games right it's n- it, nothing short of spectacular like it's spectacular ain't even the words for it well it's not fun belt of course uh the sun belt slash the fun belt, fun belt. there where they come from <laughs> uh the other game that happened uh was in new mexico the new mexico bowl there of course at san diego uh beat down 48 to 11 in the new mexico bowl of course it was ryan angu who passed for 287 yards. He threw for three touchdowns. That's impressive in itself there. Uh, Jesse Matthews caught three of those passes for 111 yards and two touchdowns. And San Diego, of course, uh, won the bowl game on the first time since 2016, beating Central Michigan 48-11. to Not much to talk about there. We can kind of keep moving uh, through that when the Chickawas, of course, as I mentioned, uh, eighth grade, first piece of mail I've ever gotten. As a college opportunity. Yeah, they, they hold a place cool. very near and dear to your yeah, heart. Yeah, man. Love them Chickawas. They just didn't 
They didn't. I don't know. They didn't show up. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone. I don't know. SMU, Florida A&M uh, had their thing. And that was kind of neat, right? Uh, I did watch that game uh, as well. And uh, you know a little bit about Florida Atlantic and the uh, Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, fun news here. Now, 52-28 is the final. SMU, of course, uh, they just didn't have enough firepower. And I'm going to talk about this. FAU down Kiffin and four starters uh, steamrolled SMU. Now, word on the street was, and now I don't really know if this game is really a fair bowl because Boca Raton is the same location that FAU is located in, by the way. So it was a home game for them. Uh, but it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Uh, that, that on the street on Thursday or Friday, that St. Lane Kiffin showed up in Ole Miss gear. And I guess it really upset a few because he didn't take the entire staff with him. A lot of coaches will take the whole staff with him. He just went by himself. Well, he took some guys. Oh. He just didn't take everybody. Oh, so uh, there was some feelings hurt there. But uh, to break down the game, a 52-28 final there at the uh, uh, Boca Raton Bowl there in Boca Raton, Florida. Chris Robinson passed for 305 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Florida Atlantic, of course, scored two touchdowns in a 24-second span. <laughs> God the mighty. Uh, late in the first half to take control early in this one, beating down uh, that of a team. Uh, out of SMU, who, of course, uh, we've seen a lot of great coaches uh, of late kind of come through there. Their storyline of being uh, the only team that was uh, basically black flag, red flag, whatever. Yeah, they received the death penalty uh, back in the 80s. I remember um, I remember uh, reading up on this and, and uh, kind of understanding the history of SMU. And, you know, they, they were uh, they were up and coming this year. Uh, they they had an undefeated season up until one point, uh, yeah. and 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 then they they lost a game probably midway through October uh, when they were uh, in their in their conference play. Um, but you know I, I was I was really surprised that they their score in comparison to Florida Atlantic was was so drastic. It was, and it was such such a huge difference. Momentum got them. It, it was happened. the momentum. I, I, I watched that game Saturday. I was lazy. Oh man, thank God. Got a chance just to watch football all day. Then went to high school basketball on Saturday night. So it was, a, it was a sporty day for me, kind of a lazy day for me. Uh, there were a few times I watched TV, and then we would switch up, and TV would watch me a little bit. I'd kind of doze out, you know. Uh, but it was a, a, a good day for football, uh, you know, just kind of being able to catch up on a lot of stuff here. Um, great job there by uh, Robinson, their quarterback, 27 for 37, 305 yards, two touchdowns, uh, leading receiver. Also coming out of FAU there, Mr. Evans, 17 uh, excuse me, rushing yards, 17 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown. And then the leading receiver actually is at SMU, uh, Granson, who is uh, seven receptions, 93 yards here. Uh, keep looking down the list here, just kind of looking at some of the other big games that happened over the weekend. Uh, I guess the final one that we'll talk a little bit. Well, no, there's a couple. There's two more. Florida International, Arkansas State. Now, again, we're getting out of some of these lower-tier bowls and some of these teams that we don't really read a lot about, don't know much about, but Arkansas State had their way 34-26 here. Uh, not going to talk much about this one here, but I will say this, that it was Lane Hatcher who passed for 393 yards. You're seeing a great quarterback step up in these bowl games and get a highlight reel. Four touchdowns, including a late 13-yarder to Jonathan Adams and Arkansas State who held to beat Florida International 34-26 on a Saturday night in the Camellia Bowl. So I don't know what uh, – we'll, we'll see. Yeah. There. Well, Lane Hatcher also went 27 for 51, so not not the most stellar uh, uh, passing percentage uh, for that game, but he did get the job done where he needed to. Yeah, kind of a Brett Favre type of guy. Sling it up, catch it out, and roll it over there. And then we go to our guy, 
who uh, not only has he coached from a bed, from a chair, from anywhere, and that's Hugh Freeze. Yeah. He also was coaching uh, this past weekend in the Mortgage Cure Bowl, of course. Uh, this one, of course, uh, a game that uh, led uh, these guys to Liberty to their very first ever bowl victory, their very first ever bowl trip. 23-16, they beat Georgia Southern. A lot of people had Georgia Southern as a, as a winner here. Uh, they came in this, to the game at 7-5, and five, um, coming in at 6-5, and five, I believe. And uh, coming in also at 7-5 and five was uh, also it was uh, Liberty. Yep. Uh, of course, Liberty wins. That makes them now at 8-5. and five. Uh, Georgia Southern now finishes at 7-6. and six, But uh, Hickerson, of course, Calvert led Liberty past Georgia Southern in the Cure Bowl. Frankie Hickerson, of course, picked up 120 yards rushing. 20, went 16 for 35 for 270 yards and two touchdowns as Liberty beat Georgia Southern 23-16 in the on Saturday. So, yeah. uh, you know, when you look at that game, uh, first of all, congratulations, Hugh Freeze, man. There were so many distractions on this team all year long with this coach coaching from different areas from health reasons. Uh, he, of course, had a few guys go down with injuries. Jonathan Bennett, former Somerville High School quarterback, um, uh, went down with an injury. Uh, so he unfortunately had to watch a lot of this, all of this, the sidelines from about midway through the rest of the year. Uh, but he'll still get that ring. I'd imagine he'll still get the swag. He's still got the things uh, as they headed down. I want to say that one was down in Orlando. It was in Orlando. It was uh, at our Orlando City Stadium there. Right. Uh, about 18,000 people in attendance. And um, I was really shocked because uh, it will. Yeah, not shocking because uh, this is one of those uh, really feel-good come-up stories, and, and Liberty was able to um, was able to get the win um, and be able to hold off Georgia Southern's uh, late late comeback uh, in the fourth quarter, and only held them to a field goal uh, with about uh, a minute and forty-four left in that game. But um, yeah, Georgia Southern was favored four and a half right oh, uh, in this game in particular, and I think it was because of the the power that they had on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, being able to being able to put up good numbers and uh, they they just weren't able to against the Liberty team who who wanted it more than they did. And, and that's the thing you got to want a little bit more. I get it, you guys. Uh, if you don't show up, what's the point of going? If you're not going to come to play and you're just there to get some swag and hang out and 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 do the festivities, because again, these guys they don't just go to the game and practice. There's actually a kind of like you saw with the Shrine Bowl at the high school. They have a certain place that they'll take them, be it Universal Studios, it may be bowling. If it's in some small town like uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, there's nothing to really do in Shreveport, Louisiana. But I'm sure they'll find some type of uh, archery or something they get them involved in over there and, yeah. and all. But nevertheless, uh, you know, they get to do a lot of fun things. Now, again, we mentioned today uh, you will see uh, over there at the Bad Boy Moors, uh, Casparilla Bowl is uh, going to be happening with Central Florida and Marshall. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking a bit more about the Hawaii Bowl. That's always a cool bowl in their own backyard where they get to host BYU a nine and five taking on seven and five. Uh, Hawaii is nine and five. Seven and five is BYU. Man, that's hard to believe. Hawaii is nine and five. Is that right? Yeah, they, yeah. They they play a lot of the the preseason games. Uh, or uh, I don't know how they do it, but they play some some preseasons there in their own backyard. And they count them. And they weird. count them too. So there's a lot of good games going on this weekend. Yeah. Uh, coming up uh, all week this week, we've actually got a full slate of uh, games uh, every day, starting on uh, Tuesday. There's uh, there's one Wednesday is Christmas. They don't play on Christmas Day, and then they get back into it with two games on Thursday, uh, a handful of games on Friday, and then Saturday. Oh, Saturday. That's a Chick-fil-A Bowl has Oklahoma and LSU. Uh, they've got the PlayStation uh, Fiesta Bowl with Clemson, Ohio State. Of course, Notre Dame and uh, Iowa State plays on Saturday. Memphis and Penn State play. 
Air Force, Washington State play, USC and Iowa play. That's two ranked teams. Yeah, so I, 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 I feel bad. Up. I feel bad for those uh, for those programs that a lot of their TV ratings are are, are going to be good because a lot of people are going to be tuning into the college football playoff uh, uh, championship games that they're trying to, um, I guess, keep up with. But yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting weekend, a full full slate of uh, college football to be had, and we'll, of course we'll dive into more of those as the as the week goes on after Christmas, and um and just and just a lot more conversation to be had about it. Yeah. Now tonight, of course, uh, the Packers and the Vikings play a lot on the line for the Packers. The Packers win this one. Uh, I believe it secures them the uh, the division there. Uh, they'll play over in Minnesota. This is a big time rivalry game. Of course, uh, kickoff at eight fifteen on ESPN. Minnesota, I believe, is a favorite in this one here. Yeah, by five, they're about because it's a home field advantage. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, you're coming in eleven and three if you're a Packer. You're ten and four if you're a Viking. Uh, some big wins over on Saturday. Texans took down, of course, uh, the Buccaneers. The Patriots took out the Bills. The Forty ers took them out as well uh, over the Rams. So. I tell you, the biggest shocker has to be right. the Arizona Cardinals beating the Seattle Seahawks last yeah, night. Big time. That, that was a very, very uh, shocking result to hear. Were you shocked to see the Cowboys blow it against the Eagles? No. Very typical Cowboys. No. It's how typical Cowboys. Uh, Jerry and Jones. And they still can win their division. And they can still, 500. That's garbage. Yeah, I know. I know. And 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 that's where it all comes down to because it, like they they are going to be a number four seed. Um, or, or right right now as it stands, I'm looking at these uh, at the playoff numbers here. Philadelphia right. is is fourth fourth in the in the playoff picture because right. they are eight and seven. They they they're they're winning their division. Right. But it's by default. Right. That they are that they are in an upper They're the hand. tallest midget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. I mean, yeah, no, it, it completely, completely fine. No, if, if it were just strictly by record, the Rams, the L.A. Rams, would be in the conversation to be in the playoffs because the Philadelphia Eagles in in the NFC East, also known as the NFC Least, yeah. Right. So, and you count those losses however, however you want. And Dallas is currently ranked ninth, and it, it, it's it's so bad. It's so bad. It's a bad deal. And, and Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is highly disappointed in his boys. Which, but they're hurt. They're going be. through a lot of injuries, though. They're going through, they've gone a lot of transitions, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow because we're up against the clock here. Of course. Tomorrow we'll open the gate, and we'll start it off with the NFL. So if you want to talk NFL, you want to hit us up tomorrow, do it. Follow us on Southern Sports Central at SO Sports Central. Follow us. Uh, it's on Twitter and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Of course, I'm at Richie Elman. That's at Willie P. I am the Willie P, of course, over there on Twitter. This has been a two-solid hour of Southern Sports Central. We won't have a lot of guests unless you call in tomorrow. Other than that, it'll be me and Willie P. hanging out with you for two solid hours tomorrow morning, guys. God bless. Take care. Be safe. Stay dry. And we'll see you tomorrow morning right here on Blog Talk Radio. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 